big finish for the love of stories. of them by the sounds of it. Don't stop! Difficult to see. Not enough moonlight. Why is that? Teron's moon is surrounded by blue gas. Like being backstage at the old Vic. You mean the theatre? The Royal Victoria Hall? They use a blue light so the actors don't bump into each other in the dark. Oh, I once saw the Tempest of the Royal Victoria. How many goodly creatures are there here? Goodly? The Tempest. Oh, Brave New World and all that? I don't remember Prospero's Island being full of angry giant moths. We don't know that they're angry. Really? They may just be hungry. Simon, Is that you? What are you doing out there? I warned you, Timon. I told you to be back before dark. Alright, I've got the door. After three. One, two, three. Oh, thank goodness. But you're not... Doctor! Over here, Doctor! Here! The door! I have to shut the door! Ow! My wrist! Get in! Oh, no, please. My friend's out there. My brother's out there. Well, aren't you worried, you know, that he'll be eaten? The Hellstrung don't eat people. Oh, well, that's something, I suppose. Hellstrung? It's what we've always called them, ever since our colony was first established. Wait, who are you? I've not seen you before. Well, it is rather dark in here. But fair enough, I wouldn't turn the lights on either, not in the middle of a moth blizzard. We don't want to attract them. Yes, obviously. Is this an everyday occurrence, this swarming? Every night, but only for the last few months. Have you only just arrived on Terran? Afraid so. Oh, I'm Charlie. My friend out there's the Doctor. He was right beside me when I saw what looked like the shape of a house. Well, I thought he was. I'm Kielder. The Doctor? A scientist like Timon? Well, more jack-of-all-trades, master of none. They'll be all right, though. These Hellstrung don't eat people, after all. No, but that doesn't mean they don't attack. Oh, where is he? He's never not back before nightfall. Never! What in heaven's name is that? That what? The walls creaking. I hope they're strong enough to keep your Hellstrung out. Oh, wait, they're moving. It's all right. It's something to do with the shift in atmospheric pressure after dark, so Timon says. The timber's new, you see. I'm not sure I do. The whole fabric of the building warps. It settles down once day breaks. Oh, goodness. How does anyone get any sleep around here?
Charlie? Charlie! Oh, oh, what? Where? Oh, oh, giant moths, wasn't it? Oh, well, not speaking mummies or Cybermen. It's nearly dawn. The eclipse is retreating. Oh, right, righty-ho. I suppose we'd better be off. You're leaving. Mm. Well, you want to find your brother. I want to find the doctor. Oh, you said your brother was a scientist. What was he doing in the woods? Surveying the Hellstrung. He thinks they've been disturbed by deforestation. Which is the... Trees. You cut down trees to make your Hansel and Gretel houses. This is the second settlement on Teron. The way Tymon explained it, the ecosystem may have reached a tipping point. Wait, there's something... I thought you said the creaking was just atmospheric pressure. Not like that. There's someone in Tymon's laboratory. Laboratory? I told you, Tymon's been researching the Hellstrung. So doubtless it's him in there, isn't it? But there's no other way in. It's a spy, I know it. I warned him. I told him to keep quiet with his theories. Well then, what do you think you're doing backing away? Pass me that poker. Right then, whoever you are, you better have a jolly good explanation or I'm... Awake now, are you? Doctor! How did I get here after you shoved me out of the way in your haste to reach this dwelling? I did not. After you shoved me out of the way in your haste to reach this dwelling, I crawled under the swarm as best I could until I realised I'd crawled beneath a wooden platform. The floor! There's a hole in the floor! Sorry about that. I had to screwdriver out a board or two to climb up into this amateur laboratory. You must be Tymon. That's Kielder. Tymon's his brother. Well then, Kielder, tell your brother that although his researches may be fascinating, his handwriting is dreadful. What's this extract, for example? The label just says slop. Could be honey? It could be. Let's find out, shall we? You're not really going to... Mm. Oh! Tell you what. It's not. It's not honey. Sticky, though. With a very unpleasant aftertaste. Sap. Not slop. Sap. Please sap. I mean, you're right. It certainly isn't edible. Then perhaps you should stop eating it. I think he should put my brother's things down. He's onto something, I think. Clearly the moth's behaviour has changed. Are you a spy? Why would I want to spy on your brother? His theories haven't made him popular. He's ruffled some feathers. I've ruffled a fair few myself in my time. Doctor, over here. It's a logbook, I think. It is. The original logbook of the first settlers on Teron, 30 Earth years ago. Arrival dates, marriages, births, deaths. Lives lived and left. Looks like all the original settlers have gone now. There's only Tarpa left now, of the original colonists. She's the one in charge. Tymon and I are the second generation. Pa was one of the youngest settlers on Teron. Met our mother on the ship out. Can you hear that? Oh, the creaking. Kilda explained that. It's atmospheric pressure. The timbers knew you. Not see. the creaking. The humming noise. What, what humming, humming noise? noise? It stopped. What has? The humming, buzzing. I can't hear it out here. Well, I couldn't hear it in there. Strange. Maybe you're hearing things. I was. No, I meant... Never mind. Kilda, what's the point of this colony? The point? Yes. 
are you all doing here? You haven't fled from a dying world. What is it you're up to? What was it that made your parents get on that ship? I don't think anything made them. They wanted to explore, to travel. I think that was the point of the colony. Exploration and adventure. That's never the point of colonization. Why are the Hellstrung so cross? You've done something to disturb their habitat. Is that it? What is it with sentient beings? Why can't they just look? Always have to touch. Well, that's rich. What? You're the one who had their finger in the tree sap. Come on, let's take a look in the forest. See if we can find Kilda's brother and possibly a few answers. Kilda! That's one of our friends. She may have news of time on. I'll catch you up. Oh, this place is beautiful, but also slightly terrifying. Feels as though we're being watched. There it is again. What? That humming. No, not just humming, whispering. No. Whimpering. Can you really not hear it? I really can't. Just the wind through the leaves. No, it's not just the wind. Nothing ever is. I think the forest is afraid. How can a forest be frightened? And what's it frightened of? That's what I'd like to know. Or who's it frightened of? Exactly. Come on. Enough. Guards. Armed guards, my least favorite kind. Topper says secure the clearing. Nobody past this point. Why would you need armed guards in a forest? To protect something? Or to defend yourself against something? The Hellstrom, if this is their habitat. <laughs> Except there was nobody guarding the settlement last night. Whatever those guards are protecting, it isn't the people who live here. Someone's coming. Protected. I've already told them. They've secured the clearing. Good. Now, stand by and expect trouble. Always, boss. Nobody enters without my say-so. And I mean nobody. Understood? Crystal, boss. Who's that? She's got quite the air of authority. It's Tarpa, the woman in charge. I recognize her from the picture in the lockbook. The last of the first generation. I wonder what she has to say. Leave the talking to me. Friends, I am afraid I have some terrible, and yet terribly familiar news. In the early hours of this morning, a patrol came across a body here. It seems that the Eclipse has claimed yet another victim. I have identified the body, and I am sorry to tell you that we have lost our good friend, Tymon. Oh, no. Someone will need to inform Kilda. Ina, would you? Please let him know it will not be possible to see his brother's body. The attack was, uh, too ferocious. I would have you all remember Tymon as you last saw him. We will prepare the body for burial and then a memorial will be arranged. In the meantime, it is imperative that the curfew is obeyed. Nobody must venture abroad after sunset. Let Tymon's death serve as yet another warning. A warning we must, must heed. Now please, allow us to work here undisturbed. Poor Kilda. And poor Tymon. 
Who's there? Sharper! Over here! Who are you? Oh, um... I'm Charlie, and this is the Doctor. Yeah, we are here to investigate the recent deaths. We arrived last night... In darkness? Well, that was dangerous. Well, stupid. Nobody goes out after sunset. Surely you were warned the Hellstrom storm at night? Yeah. It's not safe to be out after dark. What can you tell us about the manner of the attacks? We're not telling you anything. Who do you think you are? Be quiet, Patos. Would it be possible to see Timon's body? Oh, we've got a right joker here. No, it would not. Patos, escort them back to the settlement whilst I verify their mission. Thank you for the soup. It's kind of you to look after me like this. You don't even know me. It's only soup. Though it is Mrs. Thompson's special recipe. Modified, slightly. Fewer carrots and more... What was it I used instead? Cassica roots. A bold choice. My eyes may never stop watering. Well, I'm grateful. How are you feeling? I knew. When he wasn't back by nightfall, I knew something bad had happened to him. We're so sorry, Kilda. It's good of you to let us stay with you under the circumstances. I'm glad of the company. Especially now it's getting dark. Mm, so it is. I wonder why everything always seems harder to bear at night. It's like hope goes down with the sun. That noise. Oh, your mystery humming? Not that, the creaking. It's just atmospheric pressure. Atmospheric pressure? That doesn't make sense. Well, don't ask me about it. Ask my... Oh, sorry, Kilda. How soon, after dark, did the Hellstrung begin to swarm? Almost immediately. Kilda, could I take another look at that logbook? The one with the picture of the original settlers? Of course. Oh, no, Charlie, we need to get moving if we're to get to the forest before dark. You're not going out. You can't. We can. It's too dangerous, and Tarhopper's expressly forbidden it. Unfortunately, that sort of thing just encourages him. Let's get going. The sun has almost set. Please don't. Don't leave me. You could always come with us. To almost certain death. Trust me, it really helps if you focus on the almost. But we have to go now. No, I can't. I daren't. We'll be back. I promise. That's what Timon said. Settlement's deserted. Everyone's safely tucked up indoors, that's why. Well, they're missing out on a beautiful sunset. <gasps> what was that? I think it was a call to arms. Or wings. Don't <gasps> run. Don't run. Don't run! Stand still, absolutely still. They're flying straight at us! Don't move! Doctor! Not a muscle. You can open your eyes. Look. They flew straight past. They're attacking the settlement again. Why are we heading into the forest? I can barely see where I'm walking. Give it a few minutes, your eyes will get accustomed. Try not to walk into any trees in the meantime. Oh, thanks. Or tread on any snakes. What? 
How would you like it? No, actually, I, I can see a little better. It's the blue light. Backstage at the old Vic, remember? I never went backstage. We always had a box. Of course you did. There it is again. You must hear that, surely. The swarm? No, the trees. They're whimpering again. They're, they're frightened. What is that? It sounds like... Thrilling. Seems like we're not the only ones out after dark. We must be close to where they found Tymon's body. We are. There's the cordon. I can't see the guards. Perhaps they don't think they're necessary at night. There's a curfew, remember? Nobody's supposed to be outside. Do you think this is what Tymon was investigating? Whatever they're up to out here? It must be what's disturbed the Hellstrong. Who's there? <sighs> you two. Quite the night house, aren't you? We could say the same. Why aren't you biding by your own curfew? Call me paranoid, but I'm always suspicious of leaders who don't follow their own rules. What is that sound? Where's it coming from? Before you ask, I don't know what sound he means. I don't hear it. But he does. Apparently so. Charlie, over here. There's a trail. It looks like the sack that Timon had in his laboratory. Guards! Petals! What are they doing back here? Oh, there they are. Go back to the settlement. Unless you really are as stupid as you look. You're in danger here. I think you're right, but not from the Hellstrong. For some reason, I'm much more afraid of the humans standing in front of me. It is, I'm almost certain, it's the same substance. Definitely the same. It's sap. I know what's this. You poor, beautiful thing. What happened to you? Are you injured? Wings intact. Nothing broken. Heartbeat strong. Charlie. Charlie, over here. Stay where you are. Patos? On it. What are you doing? Stay exactly where you are. Don't move. Or what? You'll shoot me? Not you. That monster behind you. The what? Oh my. It's enormous. What am I doing? Admiring it? Mind your head! Patos, fire! Boss. Charlie, look out! It's coming for you! That was close! It's diving again! Uh, uh, doctor! It got me! Uh, let go of me, you hell! Oh, I'm not the one scooping at you! Don't struggle! Those mandibles have snapped you in half! Oh, doctor! Oh, it's taking off! No! Stop firing! It's gone. Yes, and it's taken Charlie with it. 
Stop firing! It's gone. Yes, and it's taken Charlie with it. I've never seen them do anything like that before. Oh, Patos, be quiet. Listen. There's another one through the trees. It may be injured. You can help if you want, but guns down. You know, you ain't a boss around here. We have work to do, Doctor. That Hellstrung has my friend, but we have hers. Well, your friend is gone. I'm sorry, but you were warned. Fine. Yeah, jog on, Doc. Doctor, where are you going? To help. All right, I can hear you. I just don't know who or what you are. Any clues? Doctor. Kilda, where did you come from? You haven't seen a giant, unconscious Hellstrung around here, have you? It dragged itself off through there. Through here? Now, come on, keep up. Don't lose me this time. This time? You followed us from the settlement. How do you know that? You'd make a terrible tracker. Feet like thunder. But then I lost you, and I found them. Tarpa and the guards. You didn't manage to see what they were up to, did you? No, I hid. And then... There. There. You see? Still alive. It's monstrous. It's hurt. I saw Tarpa shoot it with a laser. It attacked her? No. It had one of its wings caught on a branch. I think it was trying to free itself. And Tarpa shot it? One of those things killed my brother. One of them took Charlie. That's what that was. I heard the shouting. She's rallying. Come on, old girl. I won't hurt you. What are you doing? Get away from it. Oh, no, you don't. It wants to fly away. Let it go. Not without me. Easy does it. You can't ride a Hellstrung like a horse. Of course not. Horses can't fly. You're going to fly it? She is going to fly me. If she flies back to the nest, she may take me to Charlie. Coming? On that. Unless you have your own set of wings. Or you can take your chances with those guards. I can't believe I'm doing this. You're missing a wonderful view. I'll take your word for it. My eyes are shut and they're staying shut. 
guessing you didn't hear that. The only thing I can hear is my own blood thumping through my brain. Somebody or something needs my help. Yeah, Charlie. Something else. It's all connected. I just need to work out how. Are we nearly there yet? I don't know where we're going, do I? Really, really regretting this. Down there, it's Charlie. Still taking your word for it. The Hellstrung's gonna fly right past, we're gonna have to jump. We're going to have to... what? Oh, I opened my eyes. That was a mistake. We'll keep them open, I mean it. We'll have to jump. With a bit of luck, the treetops will break our fall. With a bit of luck? Taking into account the speed of the Hellstrung, the direction and velocity of the wind, the density of those trees and the distance to the ground, I'd say the chance of death is minimal. So, there's still a chance? There's always a chance. Death is only ever a split-second lack of concentration away. Now, chin up. On three. One, two, three, jump! They caught us, Kilda. The trees caught us. I can see a root to the ground. Kilda? He didn't jump. Well, he didn't jump. Anyone? Can anyone hear me? Charlie! Doctor! I should have jumped. I should have jumped. Oh, God. Where are you taking me? Hang in there, I'm coming. Well, where are you? I'm not sure. I can't see. I think you're at the top of this waterfall. Hold on. I'm coming up. What fell down? Must climb up. You all right? I can't move. The creature's got me stuck in a cocoon. Yes, but apart from that. Oh, hilarious. You will laugh. Laughing's good. They say laughter is the best medicine, which is an outrageous <laughs> lie, especially if you're actually sick. <sighs> you're in a Hellstrung's nest. No sign of the Hellstrung. It comes and goes. It'll be back. Don't move. I can't move. Well, don't try. The more you wriggle, the tighter the cocoon will constrict you. Well, that would have been worth knowing half an hour ago. Well, you'll know next time. Quick! <sighs> <sighs> Let's get out of here. Oh, it's been force-feeding me. Some sort of foul-tasting syrup. Sap from the trees. It's what the Hellstrung feed their young. It's the same sap I tasted in Tymon's lab. Can you hear it now? Concentrate, concentrate. Uh, oh, yes. I hear it now. The whispering. The whimpering. That's what you were talking about. I told you, it was the trees. They're Thrinosian trees, if I'm not much mistaken. Well, I didn't think they were sycamores or Dutch elms. Drinking their sap gives one a low-level psychic link to the forest itself. The trees aren't happy about whatever's been going on. I heard some people earlier. It sounded like they were heading back into the forest towards the cordons. I want to go back there, find out what Tarpa is up to. It's a plan. And there's something about Tarpa that's been bothering me. Something else, I mean. Oh? Well, don't you think she looks incredibly young for her age? Does she? You all look the same to me, like fruit flies do to you. Oh, thanks for that. Come on, 
Let's find her. First, I want to make sure that Kielder's all right. Kielder? He flew off on the back of a giant Hellstrom. He what? I'll meet you back at the clearing. I'll be as quick as I can. Right, well, thanks for the rescue. No, I hear you now. And I promise you, the Doctor and I are here to help. Oh, talking to the trees now, Charlie? Yes, I rather think we are, Charlie. Well, this is what comes of travelling with the Doctor. Might as well embrace the madness, I suppose. That's this lot nearly finished, Harper. Good. Once the thicket is strange, you can start in the boreholes in the trees on that side of the cordon. I want the sap bottled and off the planet as quickly as possible. So that's what they're up to. How much longer, do you reckon? Another ten nights ought to do it. And then we stand to make a small fortune. But only if everyone keeps their mouths shut. I think we've got a couple of environmentalists talking about. They could cause us some trouble if we're not careful. Those two who were sniffing around earlier? Nobody seems to know where they came from. I want them kept well out of the way. The sooner we harvest the tree sap, the sooner we can get off Terran and away from this infernal noise. I'll go have a look. Take a gun with you. There's that Doctor and Charlie back again. Shoot to kill. We can always blame it on the house drunk. You'd ever know. And nobody else is fool enough to be out here after dark. Whoever's there, stand still and put your hands over your head. I don't think so. <laughs> Stop where you are! Again, I don't think so. <laughs> Kilda, over here, Doctor. Under the bridge. Room under there for one more. Come on. I thought I told you to jump. Yes, but it was easier said than done. I'll jump then. I didn't dare go near the buildings. Well, you can't get near the buildings for the swarm. How did you make it back here? The Hellstrong brought me. Brought you? Well, it came this way and I came with it. I didn't have much choice. But the strangest thing, it sort of landed and waited for me to get off before it joined in with the attack. Dropped me off like it had just given me a lift home. Hmm. Of course. Home. Now where are you going? How long have these buildings been here? Not long. It's not the original settlement. No, we used to be further up the river. But then a few months ago we moved here. The timber's new. That's it. Where did you get the wood to build these houses? From the forest. That clearing where... Where they found your brother. That's it. What's it? What's what? The Hellstrung aren't attacking. They're homing. Come on. Running towards the Hellstrung now. Why would you do that? I told you because it's not an attack. Come on, they won't hurt you. I don't think A little more certainty would be nice. I'm just going to edge my way through them. Through them? Your door's just the other side of this swarm. We need to get inside. Do we, though? Slowly. Gently. Don't mind us. Look, they're not interested in me. (gasps) See? (gasps) 
Hellstrong never had any interest in you and your kind. Not until you built your houses from the trees they usually nest in. You displaced them. That's why they're attacking. They're not attacking, they're coming home. Or at least they're trying to. These houses aren't just houses, they're nests. The Hellstrong lay their eggs in the cracks of the trees. Those trees are now your walls. There are Hellstrung eggs in my walls. And they're hatching. The doctor says we built our houses out of hellstrung nests. Oh, well, no wonder they're furious. Yes, the doctor said much the same thing. Anyway, that's not all. Tarpa and a group of the other colonists have been secretly harvesting the sap from the trees. It's killing the forest. What do they want with tree sap? I'm not sure. They started shooting at me, so I didn't wait around to find out. But the tree sap is caterpillar food. You're destroying their homes, you're starving them, or Tarpa is. That's what my brother was worried about. That's what he was investigating. Kilda, I don't think it was the Hellstrung who killed your brother. I think it was Tarpa, or her guards. I don't think the Hellstrung mean us any harm at all, despite what's been done to them. It didn't attack Tarpa even when she was shooting at it. It took me instead. But now, I don't think it was attacking me. It was rescuing you. Exactly. When I thought it was poisoning me, actually it was feeding me, treating me the way it would a child. It wrapped me up in a cocoon to protect me, not kill me. Oh, we really do have to find the doctor. He went into the forest. Oh, wait a minute. That logbook in Tymon's lab. Can I see it again? You want to go back in there? Mm. Fine. Yeah, watch out for the giant larvae. Oh, where's the logbook? Here. (gasps) Look, this. This picture. What do you see? The original colonists. From 30 years ago? (laughs) That's my pa there. Look how young he looks. He must have been about my age. Exactly. They all look so young. Because they were. But look at Tarpa. What about her? Oh! Oh! Precisely. If this picture was taken 30 years ago, explain to me how Tarpa can conceivably look younger now than she did back then. 
We've lost our boss. You stop looking. What do you expect? Get back among the trees. Yes, boss. Stop that noise. Stop making so much noise. That's what she wants the sap for, as a rejuvenator. An incredible rejuvenator. But you said the Hellsprung fed it to you. No offence, but you don't look rejuvenated. Ah, well, it's been a bit of a night. And I suppose it doesn't work instantly. Tarpa must have been imbibing it for years. Destroying a habitat and a species in the pursuit of eternal youth. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's linked to the forest, you know, telepathically. I overheard her saying she wanted to get away from the infernal noise. Well, no wonder. With the amount of sap she must have drunk, the sound must be deafening. Is that the sound? No, that's the doctor. What's he doing? I don't know. Follow that noise. No, 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 no. Still not right. Why are you waving that screwdriver around like you're conducting the last night of the prom? Charlie, there you are. You killed it too. Well? I'm experimenting. Did you see the caterpillars? Yes. Doctor, listen. The tree sap. I know. Tarpa's been guzzling it for years. Oh, you worked it out. You don't get a prize. Charlie, you didn't let them follow you. I most certainly did not. Well, you most certainly did. Hands above your heads. Patos, keep them in your sights. Boss. Oh, here we go again. She's not one for negotiation, is she, your glorious leader? She's the one responsible for my brother's death. Oh, I somehow doubt she let those immaculate hands of hers get dirtied. That's right, isn't it? Patos. I killed him. So what? On my orders. I'm not sure Patos even knows how to think for himself. Do you, Patos? Yeah, well, well. QED, I should say. You did it, Tarpa. You killed Timon. Why? Oh, he'd gone full eco-freak. Said he knew why the Hellstrung was swarming. Threatened to contact the authorities. Well, what choice did I have? They'd have shut us down. Evicted us. You should have listened. The settlement's destroyed. People are leaving. This planet's had enough of you. Well, the feeling's mutual. I can't wait to leave here so the screaming of the trees can finally stop. Yes, how long have you been drinking the sap, Tarpa? The noise inside your head must be unbearable. be worth it. No amount of money can be worth all this death, all this destruction. Well, of course it can, you sentimental cretin. The universe is big enough. You wouldn't notice the loss of a couple of species on one insignificant backspace planet. You know, the psychic link with the forest isn't the only side effect of drinking the Thranosian tree sap. There's one noise I can do something about. You men, kill the three of them and let's prepare to leave. Leave enough sap harness for a very comfortable retirement. Aha. Uh Aha, what? Aha, I think I've found the specific frequency I've been searching for. The doctor's doing something clever. Like what? 
Not entirely sure. Kill him! Watch out! Hell shot! The whole eclipse of the things! The sonic emission mimics the distress call of their queen. What does that mean? It means the hive are coming to her defense. They're forming a ring around the doctor. Just call me your majesty. Kill the others then! Charlie, Gilda, over here. Beneath the eclipse. <laughs> I shouldn't waste your firepower. Hellstrung wings are stronger than steel. Nonsense. I shot one this morning. You stunned one this morning, caught it off guard, a glancing blow. A lone soldier, but I have an army coming. Coming for you and your men, Tarpa. What do you mean? Tarpa! It's coming! Help me! I'm not sure she can. From. from everywhere, they've been dispersed and displaced to the farthest corners of the planet, lost and confused without a queen. They'd have died out slowly and painfully, unable to regroup without their leader. So now you're their queen? How exactly is that going to work, pray tell? Are we going to live here now, rulers of our own mothy kingdom? Queendom? No, don't be ridiculous. Once I stop the Sonic, they'll choose a new queen. I just helped them find their way home. There, you see? The deliberation begins. And soon I shall surrender my crown. They're letting us go. Because the danger's past. Look over there. They've cocooned Tarpa and the guards the same way they cocoon me. I'd, I'd stop wriggling if I were you. Charlie's right. Relax. The cocoon is meant to protect you. The Hellstrung have created a chrysalis for your metamorphosis. Metamorphosis? You don't mean... Oh, that's horrific. What? I said that the psychic link to the forest wasn't the only side effect of drinking the tree sap. I know. It also rejuvenates. There's a third side effect. If you drink enough of it... The forest makes you one of its own. The chrysalis acts as a catalyst. They're going to turn into Hellstrong. Not Hellstrong, no. Trees. They're turning into trees. There's nothing we can do. They brought this on themselves. You can't just go tearing up an ecosystem and not expect consequences. Oh, they're breaking out of the chrysalis. What's going to happen to them? It's already happening. They're taking root. Their legs! They're turning to wood! Tree roots. Burrowing into the earth. Oh, this is grotesque! Their faces, their skin! Oh, it's splitting, changing, it's becoming all woody. The skin turns to bark on the surface. And beneath the surface? The blood turns to sap. Oh, I can't watch. Surely nobody deserves this. 
They killed my brother and probably my parents. I can watch. They almost killed an entire planet. A butterfly, or in this case a hellstrung, flaps its wings and all that. The slightest imbalance in the natural order of things can set up a chain of events that are irreversible. Human beings, so brilliant and yet sometimes so terrible. We're not all bad, you know. No, the Tarpa was. There's something poetic about it, in a way. Doctor, this is not poetic. It's because they're turning into trees. Yes, and the Hellstrung will lay their eggs in them and feed their caterpillars on their sap. Exactly. And this time they won't be rejuvenating themselves. They'll be helping to rejuvenate the forests that they tried to destroy. They're growing shoots, branches, leaves. Oh, is it nearly over? Nearly. It's done. And the sun's coming up. New dawn. New day. I should head back and see what's left of the settlement. I wonder if we'll stay here after all this. Perhaps you should. Try to make amends. But this wasn't my fault. I didn't hurt this planet. That doesn't mean you can't help it heal. I can't remember what we came here for. A walk in the woods. I thought it would be relaxing after all the can-canning in the Moulin Rouge. Well, I'm relaxed. Aren't you relaxed? More than I was a few hours ago. There you are, then. Now, where to next? I think I've had enough relaxation. How about an adventure? Doctor, what happened to Tarpa and her guards? It won't happen to us, will it? Why would it happen to us? Because we tasted the sap, too. That thingamy tree sap. Yes, but only a very small amount. Not nearly enough for any lasting damage. Although, just out of curiosity, how much of it did you drink? Why? Just out of curiosity. Oh, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm sure you'll be fine. How sure? How about the Seven Sons of Iskabana? That's usually good for an adventure. Doctor? Hello, my name's India Fisher and I play Charlie Pollard. The next script we recorded was Eclipse and, I mean, we're thrown straight into the action in this one. The Doctor and Charlie are bombarded by giant killer moths or what we presume to be giant killer moths and there is the wonderful sound direction of terrible clicking of mandibles. 
you know that you're in safe hands when that's that's one of the sound directions. So I think it's going to be a brilliant story. I can't wait to hear the terrible clicking of mandibles. I'm Lisa McMullen and I'm the writer of Eclipse. How many goodly creatures are there here? Goodly? The Tempest. Oh, brave new world and all that. I don't remember Prospero's island being full of angry giant moths. We don't know that they're angry. Really? They might just be hungry. It was really fun to write for Charlie and the Eighth Doctor because I've I've written the Eighth with Bliss in the Time War and I've written him with uh, Liv and Helen in the Stranded series. And what I love about Charlie is that she's from a world, she's from a time and a place where women had absolutely no agency at all. And then off she goes with the Doctor and she's brilliant and she gets the chance to explore herself and her own autonomy in ways that she never could have done had she stayed. I mean, that's always the the beauty of travelling with the Doctor, isn't it? Is that you get to discover yourself at your absolute best. It's a great script by Lisa McMullen. It's fast-paced, it's funny... Charlie gets to do some sleuthing of her own, which I always like. Although, of course, by the time she's actually got round to telling the Doctor what she's discovered, the Doctor is already four steps ahead of her and has worked it out for uh, pages back. But it's a great script, and I think it's sort of worthy of uh, the Doctor and Charlie to get back into the swing of, you know, giant killer moths. That's exactly what you want from them, isn't it? Hello, I'm Emma Haig, and I'm the producer of this second episode of The Eighth Doctor and Charlotte Pollard, Eclipse. Hello, Ken again. This time I've directed Eclipse. I liked all the episodes in, in this box set, but so there was something about Lisa's episode that I, I don't know, I particularly took to, and um, I could really visualise these amazing flying creatures that we come across in this episode. These huge flying moths that sound extremely scary when we first meet them, but it turns out that they're actually rather rather marvellous and turn out to be the heroes, actually, in this story. So, Ken, can you tell us a little bit about what we find? They've left Paris, the Doctor and Charlie, and they find themselves whisked into this into this sort of forested world. And literally hitting the ground running in this sort of terrifying... It's an eco-thriller. It's an eco-horror. I genuinely found it one of the most horrifying Doctor Whos I think I've ever worked on. The final sequence. It's, I was listening to the final sequence when I sent the edits. Steve did the um, sound design on this one. and has done a fantastic job of bringing all the moths to life. They, just, they sound terrific. But in the final sequence in this story, when their villains are, are turned into trees... I was having a really good listen to it because, I mean, it sounds magnificent, but and utterly, utterly horrifying. And we always have to be careful about how gruesome things sound in Doctor Who and make sure that we don't go too far with things. And we haven't gone too far with things because it isn't, it isn't a sort of gruesome murder in the, in the way we normally have to, to sort of keep an ear out for things and make sure that we're sort of on the right side of decency. So it's all perfectly legitimate soundscape but really, really creepy. It is, it is. But like you say, the, the, I think it was the eco side of things and this sort of environmental story that, she was, that sort of underpins this story that really appealed to me. This story came from my morbid fear of moths. I've got a real phobia. I can't bear to be in a room with one of them. Um, I've been known to sleep <laughs> outside my bedroom if there's a moth in there at night. 
And it's not the moth's fault. I love a monster in Doctor Who that isn't really a monster. We make assumptions about something because it taps into a, a primal fear or it reminds us of something or we don't like the way it looks or the, we don't like the way it moves and we put a label on it because you know a moth's not gonna harm me it's like a spider's not gonna harm me but the, the fluttering the flapping just gives me terror i was frightened writing this episode which is ridiculous but i do love it when the real monsters turn out to be humans and that happens so often in the Doctor Who world that I, I just think it's lovely. I like to, to play around with that dog side of humanity. I'm actually quite a big fan of moths. I think moths are all right. They're sort of, you know, they're just brown, slightly furrier butterflies as far as I'm concerned. But I think I might feel similar to Charlie if I were actually being, you know, surrounded by giant storm of them coming directly at me. I think I might change my mind about whether I liked moths then. What in heaven's name is that? That what? The walls creaking. I hope they're strong enough to keep your hellstrung out. Oh, wait, they're moving. It does sound amazing. Every now and then we do a story with really unusual challenges for a sound designer shall we say the best way i can think of saying it a lot, a lot of it's repetition you know tardis interiors things like that every now and then something comes along with a really unusual soundscape and this one definitely has a really unusual soundscape hi my name's theo solomon and i play the character of kielder please don't don't leave me you could always come with us to almost certain death trust me it really helps if you focus on the almost but we have to go now. No, I can't. I daren't. We'll be back. I promise. That's what Timon said. Working on this production was incredible, not only because Doctor Who's such a massive name, but also the actors you're working with just really do bring it so you just allow yourself to play off them. And especially when you're doing you know, an audio drama and, you know, not a TV show or something on stage. For example, right now, we're recording remotely. So all you have is the other actor's voice to play off. You know, you can't see them. So that then forces you to really, really listen to exactly what they're saying and exactly how they're saying it. And we know that listening is the root of all great acting. It's been a tricky 18 months with, with the whole pandemic. We've talked a lot about how fantastic it is that we've been able to carry on working throughout all of this. But one of the downsides is, is that it has been slightly trickier to work with new actors, actors new to, to Big Finish. We were always doing that, always trying to do that. And we, we do work with an ensemble of people because they, they know what it is we do and we do some fairly bonkers stuff. So asking somebody to come in and play a gorilla. Generally speaking, I'll give that to somebody who's worked with Big Finish before because they, they know that we'll look after them and make sure it's all, all going to sound good. But asking somebody who's never worked with Big Finish before um, to do something really bizarre like that is uh, can be a bit unsettling. So I, I normally try to bring people in, new people in with something a bit more straightforward. But with the with the sort of pandemic and all the home recording thrown in, it's been really tricky recently because we've there have been so many more factors that we've had to deal with technically, practically, 
it's been a bit easier to keep working with the people we know are all set up and can do it. That's changing a little bit more recently, which is good. So we're able to start to get a few more people in and we're doing a few more hybrid recordings. Not that we did on this one, um, but we're just finding now that we found our feet with how it all works. that it's easier for us to start reaching out again and work with new people. So um, so that's been good. And Theo is lovely to work with Theo. He gives up, I think, a really lovely energetic performance as Kielder. But Rhoda's worked with Big Finish before, but this was this was my first time working with Rhoda, but I think she's worked with Big Finish before, hasn't she, Emma? Yeah, she did an episode of Jenny with me and Barnaby Kay earlier this year. Hi, my name is Rhoda Foriata, and I played Tarpa. My understanding of her is that she's surviving on this planet as best as she can, and her idea of surviving is to remain youthful uh, whatever the consequences that involves and living off the sap from the trees um, in the colony so in in some ways I have empathy because it's it's a survival for her obviously people will see that extreme behavior the fact that she resorts to terror and violence to control her community it's definitely one way of seeing her. But um, yeah, I try to find empathy with my characters. And for me, it is about surviving. And I guess the journey is that she does get her com- comeuppance. And then you brought Chris Jarman back. I think Chris is somebody that you've worked with before, Ken. Yeah, Chris is great. Love working with Chris. And he's he's quite busy, so it's difficult to get him sometimes. But um, but whenever I can, I'll get Chris in. He's just yeah, he's lovely. He's one of the nicest people you could hope to work with. Something else I say often, but that's because mostly I just cast people who are really nice to work with. My name is Chris Jarman. I play the role of Patos. Patos! What are they doing back here? Oh, there they are. Go back to the settlement. Unless you really are as stupid as you look. You're in danger here. I think you're right, but not from the Hellstrong. For some reason, I'm much more afraid of the humans standing in front of me. I guess now I I feel a bit of pity for him. He does go on a journey, but it's not much of a revelationary journey for himself. He doesn't really grow. He holds true to his hardcore values and um, gets his comeuppance, I guess, which is a pity because I like, you know, I like it when people actually see the errors of their ways rather than getting their dues before that. Although he's not really here to defend himself. No, I'm not. I'm Joe Kramer, and I wrote the scores for Charlotte Pollard, the further adventurous. That's the American pronunciation of Pollard, by the way. One of the pleasures of my life was that I got to spend six months in London working on Mission Impossible. And I loved London, and uh, I used to travel there every summer and stay there for a couple months. I have a lot of friends in London and I have a lot of uh, work opportunities in the city. And one of the sort of real heartbreaks of the past two years has been, you know, the clamping down on the ability to travel around the world. And so I've been here in LA for the past two years um, working out of my home studio. And it's been wonderful that Big Finish has been able to continue to create these stories. You know, I know that the actors are often working from home or, or from sort of improvised studio space, 
what's great about audio is that with all of the computer technology we have at our disposal, we can really do virtually cinematic quality sound design and, and music composition and creation from our homes. And in fact, you know, funnily enough, even though all of this uh, recording and writing is and production is done in London, I've done all of my big finish work here in LA since the very beginning of my association with them in 2014. So it's kind of funny that in a way for me, you know, despite the pandemic, I actually haven't really had to change the way I work with Big Finish. Although I have had the pleasure of crashing a couple of recording sessions when I've been in London. And it's always nice, you know, to meet Ken, say, face to face and, you know, complain to him in person rather than moaning over FaceTime about some, you know, come up with a sound for a writhing mess. Uh, we were remote recording it, obviously, as is life now, which works surprisingly well. I'm always amazed that A, technically it works so brilliantly, but B, everyone sort of feels like they could be in a booth next door. Obviously, you can't see people, but you can hear them. And it doesn't feel as weird as I thought it would or feel it should, really. Obviously, there were a few technical issues, mainly my end of things, slightly annoyingly. There was lots of um, rebooting and unplugging and people casting hysterics on my technical equipment and ability obviously actors now suddenly have to be sound engineers as well and it was only at the end of the week that we realized that it was condensation on my microphone because it was so hot and I was sitting in a cupboard which I'm in as we speak and it's rather lined with acoustic foam so it becomes a sort of sweat box and obviously me and my microphone were slightly dying by the end of the week and it was causing a clicking noise which was annoying everyone including me but um luckily we managed to record and uh, it didn't actually halt proceedings too much so i apologize to whoever was being the wonderful editor on this piece because it must have been annoying but yes, learnt for next time. Open my back door, as twere. 